This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. 2NURFM 103.7, it's 27 past 12. You're on Finance Talkback. And Barry Preston, we have a guest. We certainly do. And our, <coughs> pardon me. And our guest today is Rebecca Barber, and she is the head of the call centre at Vida Advantage, Australia's largest holder of credit-related information. And Rebecca is an expert in her field of consumer credit files, having worked at Vida Advantage for the past twelve years. And prior to that, working at Vida, sorry, prior to working at Vida Advantage, Rebecca worked in the credit unions and banking sector, providing her with a well-rounded view on just how important our credit file is. And we're very happy to have. Rebecca on the line today. How are you, Rebecca? I'm very well, Barry. Thank you. How's that big parking lot down there? We say that to all our guests from Sydney. <laughs> um, it's looking um, it's looking pretty good today because we've got the Easter weekend coming up. It's moving, isn't it? It is. Because uh, we often interview a lady by the name of Alex Denham and she said it's a bit tough this morning. She took her hour to get to work or something. Anyway, how are you? I'm very, very well indeed. Okay. Now, so we want to buy a house, start a business, get broadband connected, a personal loan, uh, and we're looking for a positive outcome that may depend on our credit history, and of course much of which is documented uh, on your personal credit file. Yet according to Vida Advantage, the largest custodian of the credit-related information in Australia, very few people ever check their own file. Rebecca, this is very interesting. How many files would you have? Uh, we have files on about 14.5 million credit active people in this country. Wow. Now, of that, 14.5 million, uh, I suppose quite a number keep, you know, phone up or whatever they do, and we'll get onto that later on, uh, inquire about their own history. Is that right? Well, not really. Only around 250,000 people a year will actually obtain a copy of their own credit history. So not that many when you look at how many files are actually being held. Gee, that's not much. I've been about 5%, I think, of my yeah, calculations right. are pretty quick. Okay, look, let's get some answers to some of the facts. And I know uh, a lot of people have uh, mentioned to me that it appears to be quite mysterious. But what is a credit file? Okay, well, not mysterious at all. All that a credit file is is actually um, a, a record um, that details who an individual has applied to for credit over a five-year period. It will also contain um, identifying information so that what is relating to you can actually be tied back to you. But generally speaking, for most people, that's all it is, a record of who you applied to, when you applied, and what it was you applied to them for. Okay, now, is it possible for one to request not to have a credit file? Um, not possible to request not to have one. Um, basically, whenever we go for credit, the institution you go to will ask your permission, um, generally speaking, in the terms and conditions that you sign, to check your credit history. Now, that then gives them that ability to go in and check the file, and then if at a later date you fall behind, they can actually, um, based on that permission, list an overdue account. So the only way you can not have a credit history is by not being credit active, Although you could say to a credit provider, no, I don't want you to check my credit history, mm -hmm. um, in, which, in which case they may not be too eager to, to, to lend you the money, perhaps. Well, fair enough. They're the ones lending the money, of course, aren't they? Correct. Okay, now, um, what sort of things would you find on your credit file? For the majority of people, as I mentioned, it's identifying information, so your name, address, driver's licence number, um, had, and the applications for credits that you've made over a five-year period. Mm -hmm. um, there may also be an, a note that you have actually, um, that a particular credit provider 
is um, providing credit to you, so it just shows the name of that company and that you have a, an, a loan with them. Basically, that's all most people have. However, if you have an account that becomes overdue, mm -hmm. once it's 60 days or more, the credit provider can list that as an overdue account. Right. There's, also, there's also public record information, so court judgments and writs. If you've become bankrupt or gone into a, a, a Part 9 agreement, like a debt agreement, um, and also um, some other public record information like directorships and proprietorships are also held on the file. Mm -hmm. We might get into those a little bit in, in a little bit more detail down the track. But sure. okay, so who can assess your file? And and <clears throat> pardon me. Yep. And how can you, as a credit bureau, know it's not some unreliable source just trying to get information on, say, Jane or me? Sure. Basically, the only people who are allowed to check your consumer credit file um, are the credit providers that you're doing business with. So you've applied to them for credit. They must obtain your permission in order to access your file. Mm -hmm. So you actually give them that permission. They're, and they're only allowed to access it as part of assessing your application for credit or if you're then an ongoing customer mm -hmm. to manage your account with them. Now, we actually have a very strong vetting process in place. If you come into Vita and say, I want to be able to check credit files, we make sure that you're a bona fide entity and that you're actually a credit provider. And we then conduct audits on subscribers to make sure that nobody is doing anything they're not meant to be. Right. Okay. Look, we're going to have one more question and we go to have a little break and come back because it's getting very interesting. So, okay. Me. How can I protect my credit file or credit record from bad references? Obviously, keep regular payments and be on time. Are there any other suggestions or are they purely just the main ones? They're probably the main ones, but I think, I think the most important thing is to understand that if you find that you are getting into, in, in, into difficulty with a repayment, you can't ignore it. That's the only thing that's going to cause negative information to appear on your file is if you're not making your payments. So if for some reason you aren't able to, you must contact your credit provider and discuss it with them. So in other words, keep in good faith. Don't lock yourself in the room thinking it'll go away like with a windstorm or something like that. Exactly. It's not going to go away. But if you talk to them, mm -hmm. um, they, w they want to help because they want you to be able to repay the debt in the fullness of time. You know, a, a glitch for a couple of months... That can happen, um, and if you're able to set an arrangement with them and you can stick to that arrangement, then there's absolutely no need for it to impact on your credit file. In other words, good business or, or good uh, common sense on both sides of the history, or good absolutely. common sense on both sides of the operation. And you're listening to... Finance Talk Back, and we're talking about credit histories, Barry Preston. We are. We have a, a guest today. Her name is Rebecca Barber, and she is the head of call centre at Vida Advantage, Australia's largest holder of credit-related information, something like 14.5 million files. Is that correct, Rebecca? Certainly is. That includes personal and company, or...? Uh, yes, that's right. Fantastic. Okay, now, right, look... What happens if, unknown to me, some incorrect information gets on my file and I suppose, uh, then how would I know about it if uh, I didn't uh, contact you? So ha what will happen if this is wrong information on my file and I don't know about it? Yep. Often people, because they're not checking their files, um, wouldn't be a, a, aware of an issue or a problem on their file until the next time they went to apply for credit. Mm -hmm. And it would only be at that stage that the credit provider they've approached would be saying to them, look, there is an issue here. And people then come to us um, and it's at that point in time that in many cases people discover that there is a problem. And that's why we actually really 
strongly recommend to people um, that they do get a copy of their file um, on a regular basis and, and perhaps even monitor their credit file um, so they know what's happening. Great. Now, in respect to that, do you have a website that uh, people could have a look at? Yep, we sure do. Um, our website's www.mycreditfile.com. And there's details there about how to get a copy of your file for free um, and also how to monitor your credit file. That's a a $40 a year service for a 12-month service. Okay, so what's that? We'll we'll, uh, probably give that out uh, a couple of times. The the web address is again? Is mycreditfile.com.au. Fantastic. Okay, now, here I am. I'm getting some uh, information and I find out that I've got something wrong on there. Now, what can I do if I have a negative record on my file? Now, obviously, when it's my own fault, I've got to go and look in the mirror and do something about it. (laughs) Now, it's an error, some wrong info, and I suppose errors do happen. We're not infallible. Nobody is. Correct. What happens if it's an error? What do we do? Okay. If you become aware that there's um, an entry on your file that for whatever reason you don't agree with it, um, in the first instance you can go to the credit provider who made that listing um, and discuss the matter with them. And if they agree with you that, yep, we've, we've made a mistake here, we need to fix that for you, they would inform us and we would update the record. Um, If there is any um, issue or or perhaps a disagreement in relation to whether the entry is valid or not, we have an investigations department here at VITA. We've got an obligation to make sure that information is accurate and we will investigate any matter on an individual's behalf. We just need a quick note from you about what it is and any proof that you may have and we will then conduct an investigation. And as we say on the program on many times, if you do go to your person or the person who has provided the credit, the time that you spoke to them, the date you spoke to them, to whom you spoke and what they're going to do should be recorded by you. It makes it a lot easier if you've got to come back, doesn't it? Oh, look, absolutely. And if, if someone does need to come to us, any any documentation that they have in relation to the entry is just going to help us resolve it more quickly. Fantastic. Now, there are people out there with the same name and same date of birth because there is somebody out there... It's exactly the same as me, date of birth and everything. I found that out when I became a JP. The police investigated me. Anyway, what happens in this case? We've actually got some... Um, our, our system is set up for this. With the number of files that we have, there, and then there are many Australians who share the same name and the same date of birth. Mm-hmm. There's usually enough other information which is different, though, with those two individuals for the system to easily be able to tell those people apart. Right. Um, if that isn't the case... Um, twins, I guess, would be um, the most um, common example um, where where people can become two individuals' identities can become confused. Mm. Once again, we will help the individual sort that out in relation to their credit file. Fantastic. And, of course, the worst one of the lot, what about a theft that creates a bad record? Yes, that is the worst one of the lot. Um, um, the, yeah, it is a very difficult situation for the individual to be in. Um, the first thing um, that we advise people to do, you need to go and report the matter to the police because it's a crime. Right. 
you need to get a copy of your credit file so that you can go through. Your credit file is a great way of detecting identity theft. Mm. If someone is, pre- well, if someone's pretending to be you and going for credit using your name, Mungles. <laughs> indeed, indeed. But the fact that they've applied for credit will appear on your credit file if they're using your identity details. Mm-hmm. So you can use your credit file to go back to the institutions that you haven't applied to and say, look, I've reported this to the police. Someone is using my identity. I did not make this application. Right. And one way people can check their file up on that website, what's that website name again? My, my, mycreditfile.com.au. www.mycreditfile.com.au. Fantastic. Yes, okay. Right. So this can happen. Now, let's assume you have a genuine problem and can't meet a credit commitment. Um, again, we're getting back. Please speak to the person who lent you the money in the first place or whatever the, the situation Absolutely. is. Absolutely. <clears throat> and remember, it's, it's, it's not just a, a loan or a credit card or a mortgage. It could be your mobile it could be your mobile phone. Mm. It could even be your landline or your electricity and gas. These are all provision of credit because we pay for them after we've used them. Right. Now, okay, I've neglected my good name. Terrible thing, and I've been talking to myself about this every morning when I shave, but now I'm keen to get back on track. What can I do to clear my name? Okay, the first thing, once again, is to get in touch with those credit providers where you've got outstanding debts. You can come to arrangements with them um, and repay those debts over time. Now, that isn't going to remove the entry from your file, but it does mean that once you've paid it, they will be able to update it to show that Although you are overdue, mm-hmm. you are no longer overdue, and that does show um, a, a, quite a good a, a good deal of goodwill on your part right. um, that you've actually now gone and rectified the situation. Because we, as human beings, make mistakes, and we might break our leg or get sick or lose our job and fall behind, etc. But if you keep in contact with the credit provider, everything should be a lot better. But uh, absolutely, <laughs> and look, actually, in the, right now, with the number of people losing their jobs. It's absolutely vital that it, it must be so easy or, or you want to stick your head in the sand because it's just such a terrible situation to be in, but you must go and talk to your credit providers straight away because they, don't, they, they want you to be able to have a good outcome and you know, be back in work and be able to pay them back in the fullness of time. And right now you're listening to Finance Talkback. Barry Preston, we're talking credit histories. We certainly are. We're talking with Rebecca Barber, uh, as I said before, who is the head of call centre at Vida Advantage, an Australian credit bureau that holds something like 14.5 million files on Australians. Now, I have neglected my good name, Rebecca. I'm sorry about this. <laughs> and I have a bad record. How long does... Uh, but I've, I've straightened things out. Now, how long does a bad record stay on my file? The longest time that you will have something on the file for is seven years, and that is a bankruptcy or um, a, a debtor's petition, which is also under the Bankruptcy Act. Um, there is one kind of overdue account which also stays for seven years. Otherwise, the information drops off after five years. Right, so fair enough. Now, here's another situation. I'm a director of a company that goes bad and is placed in liquidation or receivers appointed. Will me and my directors uh, lead to negative reports on our credit file? 
Basically, you're, the fact that you are a director of a company um, that has been liquidated will actually be on your credit file. The reason being that um, your your interactions as a as a director may have impact on your ability to repay personal credit as well. Right. Now, in respect to liquidation, there is a good one and there is a bad one, one where the receivers are appointed, etc., etc., and the creditors, creditors are winding up the company. But uh, my wife and I are running a company and look, we look at one another one morning at breakfast table and said, I've had enough, I'm going to sell the company, wind it up and let's go fishing. That's called a good liquidation, in other words, you know. And member, yep, hmm. members were voluntary winding up. Yeah, voluntary right. winding up, but it's still called liquidation, isn't it? Um, on your consumer credit file, it would actually show as members voluntary winding up, which should indicate to anyone who is looking at your credit file that exactly as you've described, that simply mm-hmm. that you're no longer continuing with this particular company. Right. And we've mentioned this before, but I'd like to go back over it. If you are a victim of an identity fraud, what, there's a lot of work to get it corrected, isn't there? There is a lot of work. You're going to need to go to the police. You're going to need to go to each credit provider um, who appears on your credit file that you did not go to for that credit. Mm. They will need to do their own investigation. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they then ascertain that, yes, this is identity theft, they will then let us know and that information will be removed from your credit file. Mm-hmm. But if you don't go to all of that trouble, what will happen is, as those loans that were taken out um, fraudulently in your name as they go bad, you're going to end up with overdue account listings that have absolutely nothing to do with you mm-hmm. on your credit file. So, okay. Are there some simple steps that I can take to minimise me being a victim of the risk of identity fraud? And I know it's growing because we interview a gentleman by the name of Superintendent Cold Ice and he tells us all these things. So is there something I can do, simple things, not complicated things? There are some simple things you can do. Probably the easiest is that you've got to have a lock on your letterbox. It's so easy to get so much information about someone from their mail in their letterbox, so lock it. There we are. We've talked about that before, haven't we, Jane? Lock your letterbox. Absolutely. The next one, when you are getting rid of bank statements or even invoices, anything that's got any of your personal details on it, your name, your address, you must destroy them first. Shred them. Shred them. That's exactly right. Um you should, with your identification, some people carry around a lot of identification. They carry their passport as well as their driver's licence. Don't. Only carry the identification that you actually need and keep the rest of it securely locked away. And, I mean, the last thing, the thing that, that um, I, I do recommend to people very strongly, monitor your credit file. If an application shows up and you didn't make it, mm. you can get onto it straight away. This is a great idea, this, isn't it? When you think about it, you've really yep. got an insurance policy there. That's exactly what it is. Look, there are other forms of theft that aren't going to show up on your credit file, but if someone's using your identity to try and obtain credit in your name, it will show up on your credit file. Let's assume uh, a lot of our listeners don't have the internet yet. Somebody's going to build it up for us. We think we don't know, but let's not go down that track. Is there a phone number that they could phone on this sort of thing? We don't want them to phone now. It's not a matter of doing it straight away, but is there a phone number that they could phone? 
We do. I'll send that through to you so that you can pop that up on your website. Mm-hmm. Um, we absolutely do um, have a phone number mm-hmm. um, and people can call, but also people can get a copy of their credit file for free. If you don't have the internet, it doesn't mean that you can't get access to the information. You can get a copy of your credit file. Right. You don't need to have internet access. Okay, well, we'll do that later. Fantastic. Okay, now... Uh, having asked you so many questions about our credit reference files, are there some common matters that keep coming up, say from an individual's point of view, that you see that are quite common? Absolutely. I guess I guess the thing we hear most often in our call centre from people, um, they don't understand why they can't get credit. And it's when we go through the process with them that they realise that, oh my gosh, it was a mobile phone that I, I actually I got for my, my, my brother or my girlfriend, you know, four years ago. Mm-hmm. And she didn't pay it, and now it's on my credit file. And she's not a girlfriend anymore? Uh, usually not. It's <laughs> 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 certainly not under these circumstances, but mums and dads will try and help out their kids. You know, we all like to help those who are close to um, to us, but uh, unfortunately, um, you then have to be willing to pay the debts of that person. If you if you help someone out, you've got to you're taking on obligation to make sure those debts are paid. And if someone doesn't pay them, they're going to end up on your credit file. So it's really something to be aware of when you're signing. When someone says to you, oh, "Can you just sign this for me?" You need to think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, Think very carefully. Remember your signature is most important, isn't it? Don't sign something you don't understand. That's exactly right. Okay, so we obviously should, we probably should be looking at accessing our files a little bit more, you think? Oh, look, absolutely. You know, there is a free service um, for people. All they need to do is write in or fax in and we'll provide a free file within 10 working days. Fantastic. Now, is it a growing trend for more businesses to access uh, credit file history? In the in the consumer space, um, so in relation to our own personal credit, most of your big organisations and even most of your smaller organisations have been using us for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. But I am noticing that um, there is more in the commercial space um, as you know, small businesses and companies in their dealings with other small businesses and companies really want to have a better assurance that you know their their invoices are going to be paid. Does this? Uh, I don't know whether it does, but I'll ask the question. What about if I'm going to rent a property or something does it come up to no no fair enough so it's no. nothing to do with rent okay that's Not fantastic to do with rent yeah okay. look rebecca thank you very much indeed uh, for helping us out understanding a little bit more about our credit files removing what i get from uh, removing the comments that i get from a lot of clients the mystery of this sort of thing so Excellent. really there's no mystery there at all if you sit down and look at it Oh, abso- look, absolutely not. And we have a we have a group of people in our call centre who are happy to help you understand any of the information that's held there if it does seem a little bit confusing. Okay, well, we've been talking to Rebecca Barber, who is, me, is the head of the call centre at Vita Advantage, Australia's largest credit bureau, uh, holding re- information on something like 14.5 million files. Rebecca, on behalf of all the listeners at 2NURFM 103.7 from the fabulous Hunter Valley, thank you very much indeed. Keep safe. Have a happy Easter. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Finance Talkback.